Wow, 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 wow. What a fucking year it has been, ladies and gentlemen. What a fucking two years it has been. It has been two whole years, almost two whole years, since we recorded an episode of the New York Scott Talent podcast. I bet you guys were uh, sitting at home thinking to yourself almost every day, when is there going to be a new episode of the New York Scott Talent podcast? I know that you've been asking me that almost every single day. Every hour of every single day. Nico, when is the podcast coming back? We need to hear your voice. I can't go to sleep at night without hearing your voice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. We're back. We're back. A lot has happened since I last spoke with you. A lot. And today is not the day that I'm going to get into all of that. But if you've been following me on the gram, you know what's been going on in my life. If you've been living on this planet, you know what's been happening on planet Earth. But we're back, and we're going to kick it off with probably the best episode of any podcast ever created, I would, I would have to say. We are kicking it off. Seas- or see- I, I mean, I guess we can call this season two. Let's call this season two. This is season two of New York's Got Talent, episode 20, and we're kicking it off with the boys of How to Make It in America, one of the greatest television shows ever made. It was tragically cut short by HBO after two seasons when it was really gaining steam. It was tragically cut short and it has become a cult classic in the eyes of, I would say, almost mm, 99% of New York. Now, it's been, I think, about 10 years since the last episode came out. And... uh I was honored and privileged to create a video with my friends at Hidden New York um, for their for their new uh, collection, which featured the two lead characters from How to Make an America reprising their roles after ten years: Victor Rasik, Brian Greenberg, New York Nico, Hidden NY. Namwa, we shot it at Namwa, shout out Wilson Tang. Um, We created a video, only 60 seconds long, but boy will I tell you, that video made an impact. We dropped it last Thursday, and everyone was talking about it. Everyone. Your mother was talking about it, your father was talking about it, grandparents. The whole world was talking about it. And people want to see a season three. People really, really want to see a season three of this show. Now, I don't. I'm, I can neither confirm or deny if that's going to happen. But I wanted to have Victor Rasik, Brian Greenberg, and the creator Ian Edelman on the first episode of season two of the New York's Got Talent podcast, so we can talk about everything there is to talk about and. Um, Maybe they can give me some insight as to whether there's going to be a third season. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Thank you. That's pretty good. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Smooth. Smooth as silk. Guys, thank you so much for being on the first episode uh, in two years of the New York Scott Talent podcast. Um, I have, uh, a, this is a very, 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 sp- probably the best episode of any podcast ever. We haven't recorded it yet, but it's going to be. We have Victor Rasuk, we have Brian Greenberg, and Ian Edelman in the building, the boys of How to Make It in America, the greatest show in television, television history. Not only the greatest New York show, not even the the greatest <laughs> show that ended anticlimactically, the greatest <laughs> show in history in history of television. Um, would you would said. you agree or disagree? How do you guys feel about that statement? I feel wow. Like, <laughs> what, 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 hey, by the way, what oh, a great baby. opening, dude! Thanks for that <laughs> opening. Shit. 
I think we should just leave now. What can we do? I, mean, no, I know. I'm gonna go down. It's interview over. Also, not only is it the greatest TV show. Well, okay. Look, I'll be honest. It's it's like top for me, honestly, top five greatest TV shows. That's very um, kind of you. I mean, wow. You know, we yeah. didn't even we didn't even beat Sex in the City in your in your bracket. But I don't. I mean, still, Whoa. I'm happy to be in. I'm happy That's to be in the hilarious. tournament. We're like St. John's. We're like St. John's basketball. Which is, yeah. What I will say, <laughs> if 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 I were to be doing like an an awards, what you guys would win for greatest t- television series of all time would be your uh, opening credit sequence. Yeah. By far the best opening credit yeah. sequence in any show ever. Yeah. Um, that shout out to my friends Josh and Xander. They they kind of did that um like as a favor, you know, contrary to popular belief, there's not a lot of money in HBO main title opens. I don't even think they exist anymore. But uh I grew up with Josh and Xander and uh and there was we had like a loose idea of what it should be. They actually um, cut it to a different song. Originally, I wanted it to, to be this. There's this downtown New York City like punk art band called um, Ari Weapons. Mm-hmm. Do you know this band, Nico? Yeah, I only know because and, you told me the story, and I looked. Oh yeah, up, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. And I wanted it to be that song, and then the no longer president of HBO was like, "I don't like this song," and so we, we were like, "Okay," and then we. And Gabe Hilfer, who's the music supervisor, was like, oh, I have this. Uh, what about this? They played it for me over the phone. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Is that like uh, it's like Bill Withers? He's like, nah, it's this new kid, Alo Black. I was like, all right, let's roll with it. And then, uh, you know, like it's alchemy. Like, you know, you know like the, the main titles became such such a thing. Right. Jesus. I mean, I think it trips it, it, I think it trips me out more like ever since the show came out that you can still hear that song at the club, at a restaurant, at a, like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that song, you know, out in public since the show was released. Right. Oh, I mean, I mean, and now it's in a Burger King commercial. Sorry, Nico, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think I just saw it in a Burger King commercial recently. So it's like, the song never dies. That song, he he's probably making so much fucking money off that Cake song. Him. He, he made Printed more money on that song than anyone. Printed money. <laughs> Printed money. That's crazy. And so w- when I posted the, um, the intro kind of as a teaser to the hidden video. Someone mentioned that Boogie took the photos. Is that true? So Boogie, oh. Boogie took a lot of the photos. Um, yeah. It was like a it was like a mixed bag. It was like Boogie took a lot of the photos and then Josh and Xander took a lot of photos, probably took more photos. But Boogie took all the photos for season one within the show. Um, oh, and maybe some of his photos. I don't know, like frame by frame, like uh, you know, because it was just like a sort of all hands on deck. But Josh and Xander really led the charge, I think. And they drove around and they didn't sleep for three days. And they like lived in a van and their van got broken into. They lost the camera like they like all the all the hard work that went into those main titles. I feel like you feel it because they just they were like they basically just on the streets for like, you know, 72 hours. Unbelievable. And for those who don't know Boogie, Boogie is a legendary New York. Well, he's not from New York, but I would consider him a New York street photographer. I remember in high school. Um, I, uh, I would obsess over all of his photos cause they Same. were just like so edgy and <laughs> before, like, before street photography was a thing, yeah. he was doing it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So what else? Uh, best music supervision of any show, right? It's, yes. Uh, no? Scott Venner and Gabe Hilfer. They're, they're killing it. Um, that's... I still like listen to some of those mix mixes that Scott <laughs> used to make. Show. I mean, I still, I, it's still in my uh, rotation. The yeah. uh, somebody made a spot up Spotify playlist of all the songs that were used, and that's sick. It's oh my god! Amazing. Oh, that's dope. I feel that's like you guys dope. probably put the world onto M eighty three. I could be wrong. Yeah, M eighty three, and then he, you know, what was really cool. I remember the show dropped the mixtape for season. Was it? Did they do it for both seasons? Or just season two, Ian. I think it was just season one. I can't remember. I think it was season one. I but, thought that was so cool and, and it was good marketing. Yeah. And Scott killed that. Scott, yeah. yeah. M83, all that shit, you know. Uh, uh, Theophilus London, for yep. the teaser, like he just kept it so New York. It was awesome. And you also had a lot of dip set on there. Had to. And that, 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 you know. I mean, the, the intro, I, I, the intro I, I, to the whole show. Kind of, right. Yeah. The intro dip to the whole set, show. You had, oh boy, set. Cameron. That was, that's well, I played high school. I played public basketball. I played in the New York City public, New York City public school athletic league, 
at basketball and we played Manhattan Center when Cam, I was at, at John JV, but Cam was varsity. And oh my God, Cameron Giles team. and Mace. And was it Mace on that team? Mace, Mace Murder, and this other kid, Richie Parker, who was super yo, nice. Can, yo, can they ball? Yeah. Were they, were well, they nice? Out of control. They're out of control. But, you know, I went to like a magnet school. I went to Hunter, which is like where like Lynn Manuel Miranda went. Mm -hmm. So they didn't yeah. like us beating them at Manhattan Center. So they just started like, they just started like throwing bottles and shit at us. So we had to have a police <laughs> escort to the tra train station. I remain a Dipset fan, but you know, that, that hurt. Damn. <laughs> kill a, kill a can, kill so, all right. So how, how did the show get started, Ian? Um, you know, it was, it's a crazy, it's crazy to look back. Crazy. You go just cause the whole thing was so blessed and like the, you know, just the show was really just like, I didn't even know anything about the television business. I had a day job, you know, I had like worked at this like sh miserable ad agency. Um, and I always wanted to write and I had had some writing gigs, but like, you know, I hadn't really even, I didn't even know what I didn't know. And with that comes a lot of confidence sometimes. So I sold a pitch to HBO for this show, which was kind of inspired by growing up in New York city and my like first generation immigrant parents who were like obsessed with success and like, Tell you know, like you know, telling me the story of Ralph Lauren, you know, like Ralph Lifshitz. They, you know, you see the Ralph doc on HBO, I think. Mm -hmm. And so that was just like, I'm sure like your parents weren't like, you know, it was the same kind of things. So, like, even like, like Nico, like we talked, like Al Goldstein has a little bit of that. Like, we, you know, it's just that entrepreneurial, whatever, you're going to make something. Mm -hmm. So, but by the time it got to HBO, it was like, I had done nothing. I was just like a wing and a prayer. And like somehow they, you know, through through some important partnerships with like Steve Levinson, you know, they they got in the system and we kind of just grinded it out and took a long time to arrive at the pilot. And he brought in, you know, so many people to help me, like this guy, Rob Weiss, and, you know, obviously Mark Wahlberg came aboard. So like, it was just like, it takes a village, you know what I mean? So we just had a village of just, you know, big collaborators. Wow, so you really hustled grinded yeah it was it was uh it was just like literally just like i felt like we call you know he, he goes by lev i felt like you know he was having a lot of tons of success at hbo at the time and uh i was just like this little like gnat like in his ear like hey what about this you know because it was already i had already sold it to hbo i was just like trying to get on his radar to like fuck with me and like help me like you know help me get this thing going and uh you know and then he brought in his 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 squad and we got it going and then how wait, did, wait hold on did you sell a bit outlet and then he came yeah. on oh okay yes. i i i so i swagged into hbo not knowing anything and like so like sold them this pitch on a show that like, how long how long how long from when you sold the pitch to when we actually got like shooting from like day one of shooting how long was that i was like i think a i sold years? the pitch in 1988 so it was a <laughs> shut up shut up <laughs> nah, but it was a lot of dude it was so long you know we called it oh, hb really? slow like it was hb slow like and that's why to their credit back in the day they used to be this like you know bastion of tastemaker televisions they had no rush they didn't they don't they weren't in the studio business they didn't like buy shows from tv studios from like you know warner brothers tv and like that's just a TV factory. They work with creators. They took the time to get it right. They supported you, you know, and um, and that was fucking awesome. That was like that's not that's not how you know that's not really the TV business business anymore. Mm -hmm. And then how did uh, Vic and Brian get involved? Well, we you know it came through my agency. You know, there it was an audition, and uh, um, I read the script. At first, I was like. I love this. I mean, I get this world because I, I, I went to NYU and, you know, I just I, I already had kind of one foot in that world already. Um, just living in the Lower East Side. And um, and then but I was like, I don't know if this is I call my agents. So I was like, is this a show? Because I don't I, <laughs> it wasn't it was very unconventional. It was there was no show that was just like a vibe or a, yeah. it, it was like just um, I've heard it. Been, I've heard it been uh, called a, a, a tone show. It was just a tone. It wasn't really about. Yeah. You just you just felt something, and yeah. I felt it went on, on just from Ian's script. And so I definitely wanted. I didn't know it was going to be good, but I knew I wanted to be a part of it. And um, and so I I think I just tested for it, and uh, and that, and I met Vic at the at the chemistry read. Cause That's I heard right. kind of circling it and I was like, Oh, this, this is good. And so we yeah. went together and 
even in the before the before the actual chemistry test, we did a little rehearsal like the day before in Santa Monica. I remember in, oh, in that's the right. office and I wrote yeah, up yeah. My, my fixie and yeah, I, yeah. I remember I remember like meeting Vic and I already knew his work from uh, three feet high and three uh, three feet five high. Feet. High, five, I always say that five feet yeah, high. Right. It's a short. That's the, that's the daylight. Yeah, yeah. That's the daylight. That's the daylight. Exactly. It was the short of Victor Vargas, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Oh, I love that guy." Um, and then when we met, it was just like instant chemistry. We became boys like on the spot in front it of. It was kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how quick that shit happened. Yeah. Oh, and Ian, I already knew because we um, we played ball together. Oh wow! So there's like all these stars were aligning, and it just felt right. Some that's what has to happen for yeah for for a job to work. It's just like everything has to come together <clears throat> i was a fan of both these guys nico i knew both of them i knew brian from basketball but you know i loved him in um prime which was like ben younger's slept on rom-com was so great and um and we knew some basketball and then victor i didn't know personally but i saw the sh- saw the short and then in a weird twist of fate I, my first date with my wife we went to see raising victor vargas I saw, oh yeah i forgot about that yeah that's wow. right like, and then when we just you know we were just at like, the grove you told me it was at yeah. the grove you took it to the grove and you guys saw raising victor vargas so, yeah. yeah it was and even though you know brian i think is like the most new york non-new yorker and when we met it's just the vibe you know you just felt it like it's hard to their, their chemistry was like oh this is it right we're, yeah we're, were there any other uh potential candidates for the for the roles or did you just know it was them from the jump yeah. No, I mean, it was them. I'm trying to think. Do you guys remember? Seeing I feel like, well, I, I feel, I feel like, games, but you know, there were definitely, I was, it yeah. wasn't, yeah. I mean, we all had to fight for it and we had to win it. Yeah. We had to win the role, but we just kind of knew it when we, you just, know, sometimes you just know. Right. Yeah. Um, rarely does that happen, but in this one, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a slam dunk. Yeah. So what was the first day of shooting like? Oh man! Did you, Woo, did you what was any, the first day? Did, did you, you guys have any idea first... that that it would be what it is today? Like how how no. culturally relevant it is today? No, no, not at all. Ian, so, you didn't either. So, no, and it's so nice to hear you say that because, like, obviously, like I'm I'm the oldest person on this Zoom, and like I think, you know, like I was talking to my friend about the show who didn't even watch it when it came out, and then he was like, "Oh, I fuck, this is good. I fuck with it." And then he was like, "You know, we just call it kind of team early, like." You know, I think it's great that people like, I think it's great that you watched it then, but you watch it now and the kids can discover it and it can be this like, you know, thing. Right. This nostalgic thing. Yeah, I had no idea it was going to be, I've, I've, you know, I've done a lot of different projects in my career so far. I've been very blessed, but this one has just touched a whole, at first it was a subculture. Now it feels like a whole, (laughs) it just feels like everybody, everybody, um, it's inspired a lot of people and this is the show I get uh, the most love for, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same, same BG. And when we were shooting it, I had no, we, I don't like, like everybody was saying, I, we had no idea this was going to be what it is. And what the crazy thing is, is that like, Ian, you kind of touched on it. It's like the more time that goes by, <laughs> the more people are, no, but the more people are discovering it and like the doper it is, like it's still relevant, you know, which is crazy. I think that trips me out more than anything. Not the hype, of when the show came out, because I feel like when the show came out, like we couldn't go anywhere in New York without getting mad love while the show was out. Yeah. But then, you know, you you know, like anything that we do, right? Like the shit, fizz, it fizzles, you know? And like yeah. people forget about the projects that we've done and we kind of go on to the next. But this one has kept living. It's great. Which is a testament to Ian and, you know, all of us and putting yeah. this thing together, like the stars were aligned, like BG was saying. But you gotta, you gotta understand, like, it was a different time when this came out. There was no Instagram, yeah. you know, it was just, it was a, but that, that's why it blows my mind because we live in such a different world right now, but that it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually yeah. haven't gone back and watched the episodes. I don't usually go back. I just don't usually do that. I know Ian's probably like that too. It's just a miracle that Ian's even I talking. haven't seen an episode since it stopped playing on HBO. True, oh true, true. Really? Yeah, I think, I think I'm the same. Um, and it's think, just uh, how 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 do you feel like how do you think it would make you feel if if you watched it from from the beginning? Sad, sad, <laughs> like nostalgic. Because, sad. I, mean, I loved it so much, and this is one of those. I'll just be totally honest with you. Like when this show got canceled, I I felt really in love with this character, this mm. world, the people involved. I really, 
I learned a lesson on this is that I, you should never fall in that much in love with a job because it's going to go away at some point. And I just wasn't ready for it to go away. And I know the fans weren't either, but on a personal note, I just wasn't ready. And I kind of went into like a little depression afterwards. Sure. We I all did. Didn't... We all did. <laughs> we all did. Yeah. Like, all I of didn't us. see it coming. Like, I just felt like we were like going like this. And then the, the, our whole world got ripped out from underneath us. And I kind of just went in this like mental tailspin. Cause I was like, I don't understand. Right. I don't understand why. I because it was. What did I, I do wrong? Right. So it was. I, so that's one reason I didn't go back and watch it. But I, I don't go back and watch most of my stuff. I just kind of right. like to keep moving forward and and not to uh, to dwell on the past. But I it doing this, you know, that little video and then you know meeting you and just seeing all this like resurgence of the show again. I mean, maybe I will go back and watch it and just kind of, <laughs> I wonder if the style still holds up, like our clothes. If that actually- <laughs> I think so, man. I mean, what, what about you, Vic? Have you watched it since? Yeah. So the last time I saw it, I was, um, it was, so the pandemic started February, 2020. I saw it in October, uh, uh, 2019 uh-huh. because I was working on something and, uh, the cast, like had, had heard about it, but they didn't see it. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you know what? I was like, <laughs> I remember one of my favorite episodes was season two, episode one, the Japan episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I saw, I, I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw that with the new cast. And I was just like, man, it was just like what Brian was saying. Just you're, you're happy, but like depressed at the same time. Like I'm happy. Like, you know, we, we all sort of got to work after that show, but you just watch the show and you're like, man, but that's the show I wanted to still be on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the last time I saw it. It was just one episode. Yeah, when it went away, Vic and I kind of knew we're like, it's never gonna be that good again. Like that was just like, no, not just, not just. By the way, and it hasn't been since. <laughs> we've all worked on great things, and since. we've all worked. It's, just, it's not just, it's not just the show, but it's also the time in our lives that the show is on, Absolutely. right? So we were like really those characters, you know? Like we would walk into a club. Like we'd walk in Avenue and they'd play the theme song. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Life, you know? it was crazy. It's so interesting to hear you guys say that because me as a viewer, I feel the same way. Like it, it's hard for me to rewatch it because it takes me back to this place in time that I'm not ready to relive because it was such a, for, for me personally, like I was, I was in college. I was like trying to figure my shit out you know, I could relate to the characters in that sense. Like I was trying to make it. I wasn't in fashion. I was doing film. I was doing music videos, but same thing, same grind. You know, I went to all the places that you guys went. (laughs) Um, So, so when I rewatch it, I feel this deep sense of nostalgia that like it, it fucks with my emotions. It really, it truly does. Um, And, and that's, that's the only show or or any any kind of media other than other than like Kanye West music. It's the only thing that can bring <laughs> bring me back to a specific period of, in time. Um, Kanye West, I say, I, I don't know what it is about his music, but like this is a super side note. But I remember uh, whenever I hear the so- the song "Stronger," it reminds me of when I was hooking up with this girl my freshman year of college, and her ringtone uh, for her, for her boyfriend. She had a boyfriend who who was like, uh, it was a long distance thing. It was it was stronger. So like, whenever I hear a Kanye song, it like brings me back to that time period and like gives me this sense of nostalgia. And that's exactly how I feel when I watch the show. Um, um, that's awesome, man! In a crazy yeah, that is dope. Like- the day the pilot got picked up, I was I I, I, I met Kanye at the chateau and I he was like it was like two thousand and eight and literally I was just watching Grey's Anatomy and he had that song Street Lights on it. Oh my god. And I was sitting with my wife my wife and some friends and he was at the next table with like crazy the car with like Courtney and Kim Kardashian. I was like, Oh, that's a weird pairing. Um and then I approached him because Cuddy was in the show and I remember being like, oh, I'm such a fan. And he was so nice. He literally, he was so nice. He's like, oh, congratulations. He had done a pilot that didn't even get picked up at HBO with like Larry David or something. <laughs> and then he goes, I was like, yo, we just watched Grey's Anatomy and they had your song in it. He's like, what song? This song? <laughs> and then he broke out into the song. I was oh like, this is, this is so, he was singing, he was like serenading us with streetlights. It was wild. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> I miss the old Kanye. No, my favorite, <laughs> yo, 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 no, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite Ian story. My favorite Ian story is when, uh, when he, uh, it, it was like one random night in New York, and um, I forgot who was performing, but you were at like a bar. I forgot which bar you were at, but Cuddy Jay, Jay, huh? Scott. It was Cuddy. It was Cuddy. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you went up to Jay, you went to Jay Z was at the bar, and all you just all you had to muster up to tell him was, "Yo, I love you," and then you just walked away. <laughs> so shit like that. I think that was love, man. I don't know that that was, <laughs> that was you, dog. That was you. That was you, bro. So, um, how did how did Cudi get involved in the show? Um, I we were casting and we were working with the casting director. I'm trying to think who uh, uh, working with the casting director and just like sort of exploring like, you know, New York kids, kids, actors also in LA. And I, um, my friend has a, someone I've known for a long time has a streetwear brand called 10 deep mm-hmm. and they put out mixtapes. And then my, these are all like old friends. Another old friend did the mixtape. And so I was listening to the 10 deep mixtape. And kid and day and night was on it, and then I like googled around, and I was like, "Who is this kid?" I thought day and night was fucking awesome. I see he Cuddy shot this promo of himself crossing the street in the West Village like a peacoat and like voiceover, and it was just like so beautiful. And I was like, sent that to the casting director as like a mood tone thing. Then we was I was in New York at a for like a scout pre scout like research trip whatever with the director Julian Farino and I was hanging out with um, Harry McNally who's mm. like an amazing New Yorker he was my boss TV. my my senior year of uh, well not my boss I had an internship with Pegleg oh my god but it's so funny you know Nico I wanted to say I think I can't even remember but I think as Josh and Xander were crafting the main titles I think there was like a Pegleg music video that they cut that had the, that had just as a reference that was super dope oh that was God. maybe cut to like is this ringing a bell that was a lot of stills maybe a lot of black and white stills I'm anyway sure. i could it's it's all a blur but, but also anyway peg leg related um ba- bowery bob is in the opening credits. in the thing yeah, yeah absolutely so i was with harry and we had dinner and then we went to santos <laughs> and i like I had, like I was like so new to this whole shit. I had like a per diem. I was like super drunk, which is like not usually my steez. And like I just remember being really drunk at the club. And, and Harry's like, "Oh, that's there goes Kid Cudi or something." And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get him to audition for the show or something." I was like, "Let me go talk to him." And I was just like a little sloppy. And Cudi <laughs> was like, "Okay, like you do what? Like a TV show?" I was like, "It's a real show for HBO." And he was like, "All right." And to his credit, he got my email or maybe wow. Julian's email, but he, he, he the, ca- the, the casting director got in touch with him and he showed up and everyone was like, oh, this kid is special. And then, you know, he just kept climbing the ranks and being a part of the fam. And and HBO was like, listen, like, you know, he was reading through Vic's role at the time. No was, way. Yeah. And so to their credit, HBO was like, listen, what? he's a star, create something special for him. And so then Cuddy and I came up with his character, Domingo Dean, together. And it was just like so fun. Wow. And then how did Louis get involved? I think through Vic, right? Or Vic, you texted him? Or yeah, so, no. so, no, so, yes. So, <laughs> so me and Louis, we go back because we're both from LES I'm in sure. New York. And um, I think initially, he, like um, Lev and Ian, everybody, it was like unanimous. Everybody was like, we want him, but can we get him kind of thing. And so I think at first he, he was either too busy or like, or he didn't want to do it or he didn't know if it was real. So and he had just done an HBO show, this super weird existential search. That's what it was. That's what in Cincinnati, with you know one of the greatest minds in television. He was just he was just like that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and so he was like he was hesitant to do HBO again. So I hollered at him and I just told him, "Yo, this is legit. Everybody on it is dope." Blah blah blah. And then um, he was like, "All right, well, I'm cool with Mark. Um, Let me talk because I think Mark and him had a Mark Wahlberg and him had a um, a a conference like a phone conference about it like the next day. So Louis called me. He was like, "Yo, is this shit legit? Are you doing it?" Blah blah. I was like, "Yeah." I was like, you know, hyping it up. Not that I needed to do a lot of hype, but I get it because he, you know, he had that last show and he didn't have a great experience. Right. So after he spoke to Mark, you know, Mark did his magic. Him and Lev did, you know, and I guess Ian, you were probably on that call too. I'm sure whoever was there, and that was it. And and then Louis was in. Damn. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy how this shit came together. I love that. I actually, that no, like- actually, you know what? I wasn't on that call, Vic. Then Julian and I went. He was staying at the Barry Hotel. And that just happened. Yeah, and that went over to his hotel. Our mad small. And we just go. And he had his friend there, Eddie, who became a series regular. And we're just sitting on the bed watching a Yankees game. Like four dudes in like a tiny. And there's not even, you know, the Barry. We're just like all sitting on the bed, like talking about the show. That's it. The it was so funny. That's amazing. Um, so I did, I did an interview, um, 
uh, with a publication that will not be named because it's actually funny. It was it was after we dropped the uh, the hidden video, uh, they reached out to me. I did a forty five minute interview with them, and then they they accidentally lost the recording, <laughs> so it'll never see the light of day. It was great. I gave them my all. It was like all about my love for how to make it in America. Anyway, oh, that's neither here nor there. But they asked me a great question. They asked me what my favorite scene from the show was. And I didn't have a solid answer because truly every scene is my favorite scene. But the scene that I pulled out of my ass was was uh, in the second season when Pusha T and his homie pull up. <laughs> pull up and... Uh, Fuck, I forgot the line. He he had a great line, but didn't he like flash a shotgun at yeah. you, Vic? Yeah. Um but I think just the, the push a T cam cameo in general just blew me away. Um yeah. that was great, man. No, not only they, the cameo, they, 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 then he then he dropped he, the bar. Right. <laughs> and that was no my favorite part of that scene is like, you know, he spills like his fucking, you know, everything. He's like that, 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 whatever the rap was, and then Louis like Okay. <laughs> Louis' reaction is the best reaction. It is so good. Like in that, um, that was right. that was um Scott Venner. He plugged me with his uh, pushes manager Stephen Victor. Oh, shout out Stephen Victor! Yeah, shout out Stephen Victor. That's um, incredible. Brooklyn and yeah, man. Like we were all pusha fans, but like we were, we were like we were like, is he gonna do it? And then like he knows that the character kind of like performs, and he was like, mask on right. face, and we become friends since. But he was just like, I think we, I remember we all watched the Mayweather fight afterwards, with Brian and Vic. But like, couldn't like he was just so down. He's right. you know he's mad like, down. I think it's like the Virginia uh-huh. thing. Like yeah. he's just, he's a gentleman. Like those dudes, <laughs> are just, you know. They, yeah. So but, so what what was your favorite scene? From, man, from I can't remember. You know, you go. You the, po- the, the two of the, the two of them at the end of the pilot pushing the spool of venom mm. for me is just like you know it's it's, oh, visual, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's emotional yeah, like, yeah. i just love that i love that it just represents the start of going on this journey and mm-hmm. like you know that was yo funny. yo so i got a good scene so it's it's kind of funny because like i want to say every scene that we shoot is like my favorite scene because it's just kind of what you're going through in that and like while you're shooting it and like what's happening but you never really see the magic until you actually watch it. Mm. So the scene that I loved when I watched it, it became my favorite scene, was the scene when we dunked our heads in the water fountain. <laughs> it wasn't fun to shoot. It wasn't fun to shoot, but it was like one wow. of my favorite moments. I think it was the epitome that was awesome. of like their that was yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So remember cool. how cold it was, BG? Yeah. We was like, oh, uh, man, not again. Remember we, not had to like, we had to do like, like an eight-hour class just to shoot down that subway. Just we had Ian wrote the scene where like I run through the subway tracks. Yep. And so, because he wrote that asshole, I had to do like an eight, <laughs> I had to do like an eight-hour class because yep. they don't just. I was there with you, dude. Subway. I was there with you. <laughs> yep. Safety training. Nico, you know what, man? As a, as a born and raised New Yorker, the, the the opportunity to write and then shoot in places was really like that was like the oh, such bet. a great that was such a joy. Yeah. Was there was there yeah. a, a place in particular that you were super stoked on shooting? Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I just you had a lot um, of iconic spots. Shout out, of Ray's, shout out Ray's, shout Ray's candy. Shout out. I mean, the list All the it. list goes on. I don't. <laughs> I will say the. Um, I think it was. The, was it just, yep. Uh, yeah, and also so, so early aughts. The um, I think it was the pilot. I think it might have been the first. Day, it was the first day of the pilot. I think we shot this process trailer with the, the two guys with Vic and Brian in a Range Rover, and we were doing loops up from like from Barney's like anyway we kept driving past yeah. my high school and, it, mm-hmm. and I was on like this like you know process like on the trailer with the rig and that was like literally having had a fucking day job two months before oh it was God. so it was a vibe and a yeah there's my high school I'm with fucking making HBO show like it was really great it was really fun. yeah Nico to answer your question my favorite scene to shoot at least was the it was the Japan stuff because mm. we did that was a 90, 90 second montage, but we were there for a week. <laughs> Yo, people are saying that that should have been its own season. <laughs> Yo, that shit, man, that shit's runner up. That shit's runner up. You're right, Japan, Japan. Yeah. Yo, I've never really seen that's like a montage. That was an experience. Yeah. We went there a week, Brian. We shot the whole thing in two days. We landed and we shot two days. And we, uh, I yeah, last. We no, there. no, we were there. We yeah. were there. We're like, make sure you get the shot because I think you just had a kid then. Right? No, I'm I'm 
But I was, you I, left. I was married, so I couldn't be with you, Daryl. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you, oh, yeah. you were like, you kept making us like, you gotta shoot at the fish market. And you, I, we became like producers slash actors, directors. We're right. shooting this, all this stuff on our iPhones. And yeah. you're like, make sure you get this, make sure you get this. I'm like, fuck you left? Why didn't you stay? Like, it's three in the morning. You want us to wait till three in the morning to get this stupid shot? And then you didn't even use it. Uh, <laughs> well, yo, one funny scene that with Victor that comes to mind is, as, as someone who loves Italian food, in season two, his girlfriend's pops, Joe, Joe, yeah. oh Joe, my God. Pants alone, Joey Pants. Bro, we wrote, it was like all about teaching Vic life lessons through cooking and he was gonna make this amatrachana. Right. And I love how he pronounces these, it, by the way. That was so he can't go, well, Nico, that was a thing. Vic, remember, it was like four hours of overtime because <laughs> he couldn't pronounce amatrachana. No way. And I was like, is he, and you know, you hear these stories about like crazy actor, old squatchers, they wanna they want to take all control over the set. But he literally had us wrapped around his finger because he kept fucking flubbing <laughs> amatrachana. And I was like, like, Joe, Yo, and like, and like every time, every time, every time he was about to say the line, so it'd be like a speech, but then you knew the line was gonna come. Like I was so <laughs> close to him in the scene, like I'm, you know, we're face to face, and I could just see the bead of sweat coming down because he knew the line was coming. <laughs> I was the guy had published cook Nico, he made cookbooks. He could not pronounce them out to China. It was the craziest thing. Oh my and God. I just never knew if it he couldn't or he just wanted to fuck with us. Right. But he's also like no, dude. I think firsthand I was there. Eye to eye, bead sweat, he couldn't do it, bro. Yeah, but he's just that committed, Vic. He could just be that diabolical. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh Rasta Monster, how did how did that come to be? Where did where on earth did the idea for Rasta Monster come to be? Rasta Monster. Tastes like fruit punch, better spice. I, I uh it came from the writer's room. <laughs> I think it came <laughs> I, I want to say Does Rasta Monster exists. Did you guys create a, a, a energy drink? No, we created it. Oh, for I real? want to say this might be wrong, but like, man, like I feel like there was some basketball player who had dreads early, like early aughts or something. And I feel like Bill Walton called him that, or maybe it was like a college player or something, or I made this up as like a backstory, but I don't know. I think it just, I think it was just, you know, a little bit about just like, you know, all the incredible Caribbean drinks like Roots Tonics and Peanut Shakes and like, how do we, how do we pay homage to that, you know, in a, in a fun way. Right. Unbelievable. Yo, yo, you guys think that that, you, you, you know, I see the Rasta uh, trucks in LA. You think they got yeah. that shit from the show? Maybe. Maybe. I always ask myself that, yeah. Do you guys have a... Uh... What's your what's your most memorable memory? What is what is what is the best memory you guys have on on set? Woo! I'm sure I you mean, have a going lot. to Japan with these two and like mm. yeah. supervision was pretty pretty memorable. That was pretty epic. <laughs> oh man! Yo, remember that? Yo, remember that flight going from New York to Japan? That was yeah. crazy. Well, you yeah, gotta understand, go like this show. When I say we lived it, we lived it. Like we, I remember we shot this bar in Tribeca, and then like we wrapped and then we just kept the bar going like remember we just all hung out oh, like, yeah. like we were just like i mean the 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 time between cut and action it was just all a blur it felt like all the same thing like we were just yeah really becoming Nico, I, I forget the name of it but my buddy matt abramchik and um sean avery had a bar like a sports bar oh um, was it called 77 warren or something yes yes yes, yes. i don't know if it's i'm sure it's not there anymore maybe it is but yeah your friend Sean Avery, like the New York Rangers, Sean Avery. Not my friend is called Matt Abramchek, who is like a restaurant guy. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He partnered with Sean Avery, and they opened this uh, sports, like 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 a down, like a Tribeca sports. Right. Bar. I mean, shooting with Pharrell on the yacht was pretty cool. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. Every season two, we stepped it up. I'm like, okay, we're on a yacht. This is <laughs> we got money now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I met David Chase at a dinner, and he told me, "Spend all the money, just." just make it as expensive as possible and spend all the money. And so <laughs> that's why we got the in the Japan. Ben and Vic, were you, were you guys single during the shooting of, of how to make it in America? No comment. <laughs> I, I was going to say, damn, I was, I that must've been, yeah. <laughs> that must've been fun. That must've been fun. <laughs> Vic, I, fun. I know you got to go, so I don't want to keep you too long. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I want to keep chopping it up. Oh, man. okay. If you're down. Yeah, I, I just I haven't, I haven't seen these cats together at least in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I it mean, it's so rare that like we get together and we actually talk about yeah. a show like this. Like it, it's just it's very rare. Like we usually just chop it up about other things. So it's it's kind of fun to go down memory lane. Nico, and, only and for you, bro. Only for you. <laughs> and and honestly, a testament to what you're doing and what you've been yeah. doing. And I feel like we're like cousins, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like that. we have the same love for New York and, you know, we're all born and raised on the same island and, you know, not everybody gets it, but, you, you know, you, you're doing it and it's amazing. And so for me, I just wanted to, you know, for you, I'll do it. I, yo, I, yeah. I appreciate it so much. I don't think you understand like what it what it means to me. Like, you know, I, I, the show inspired me so much, like so much of what i do is inspired by the show that's fucking um, awesome i mean that's that's all we could ever, you know i mean that's why else do it you know i, I mean that's I met, everything right you know? yeah it's everything right i met so many cool Yo. people so many, i've met famous people who just shocked me with their humility and been like i fucking was inspired by your show and i was like really like it's been great right crazy yo nico how how did you feel um when we shot the uh little thing for for hidden i was emotional you have fun are you kidding me? That was the that was the best. I I, I know Brandon. Shout out Brandon. Brandon said he hasn't been able oh. to sleep since the show. <laughs> you know, Brandon's probably a bigger fan than than I am, and that's that's saying something. So, but He's no, it dude. was it was emotional. Just also the fact that you guys are so fucking cool. It's like. You know, like it would have ruined it for me if you guys were dickheads. You know, <laughs> you guys. So was, you know, it's crazy nowadays. You know, now at the time of COVID, right? It's like. The reason kind of why I asked you too is, um, you know, th this time of COVID is like you get on a set and you start, you, you meet people, but you can't see anybody's emotion or face because half their face is covered with right. the mask. So it's like, I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know how Brandon felt. We don't know if we, <laughs> we don't know how well, how like fucked up we were, like me and Brian, when we were doing it, it felt good. Right. Um, it kind of right. felt like we didn't really miss a beat, which actually surprised me more that like, I was like, oh, this shit came natural. And yo, shout out to Brian, because Brian wrote that shit. Yes. And now, yo, everybody's giving me mad props. You gave me all the lines, kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, originally. When shout out to Vic for giving everybody COVID. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No comment. No, no comment. <laughs> um, originally, when Brandon came to me with the concept, uh, he was there was going to be no script. It was just going to be you guys at a booth at by the way, okay, I got I got to tell this story. So, I don't know if I told you guys, but originally we were supposed to shoot somewhere else. Did I tell you this? Nah. Okay, I'm not going to I'll I'll tell you guys the name off the record, but um I don't want to blow up their spot, but Brandon, you know, like we we're doing this on a budget. Um so Brandon uh found an iconic New York establishment that would let us shoot there for free. And um I went to go scout with uh, with my DP Joe, and when I walked in, the owner was so fucking rude to me, like out of nowhere. And I, I honestly like it, it. It takes a lot to trigger me, but the way he like treated me, just as like a r random person walking into his restaurant and and saying I was there to you know for for the scout, <clears throat> um, it I just blew up. And essentially, I told the guy to go, go fuck himself. Um, nice. And then I walked out, and I called up Brandon. I was like, Brandon, I'm sorry, man, but we're going to have to find a new spot. <laughs> you know, and this was like a few days before the shoot. Um, Holy shit. And Brandon was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, we got the spot for free. Like, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I was like, Brandon, I'm sorry, dude, but we can't, we can't shoot there. And then, you know, I had the idea to shoot it at Namwa. Um, yeah. and, and I'm friends with Wilson, uh, Brandon's friends with Wilson, Brian, I know, you know, Wilson. So obviously he was super accommodating and I, I can't think of a better restaurant to have shot that than yeah, it's just like, you guys yeah. got the whole thing. So right. I was so happy to see it and I didn't yeah. know how it would feel. And I just felt fucking awesome. That's... Well, I had to get your blessing and I was like, just make sure this for sure. Cool. Ian, no. we had to dogs. Of course. Did you show it to me, Brian, when I saw you in New York or no? No. no I, didn't, I didn't show it to you. I just kind of... You hadn't even shot it yet. It hadn't been shot, though. No, I, just, I don't think you shot it yet. You, yeah, I just told you, like, that we're doing it. And then I kind of... Well, because, like, you, they, you guys gave us, a, like, a, a rough script. Uh, I think Brandon wrote it. But it was a little too, like, specific. And, like, 
too much how to make right. an American. Right. I thought it would be more of just an homage and just like a, a wink and a nod. Right. So I kind of just hung over one morning, just <laughs> threw that together. And I, it, Ian, Ian fucked with it. So, right. Uh, but then, um, but then the best part of all this is after the shoot, I got connected with Ian. Um, <laughs> and now Ian and I may, may be working on something together. So there it is. You we're, know, we're, we're, we're cooking. We're cooking. So what what shows were on HBO uh, uh, at the same time as as How to Make It in America? Was it like they had? I think Game uh, of Thrones was just starting, right? Fucking girls, wow. girls, fucking girls. Isn't girls? <laughs> girls premiered, I think it was already like we were six feet under by the time girls premiered. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. That but was. I think the half hour shows were like hung. Oh, hung. Entourage was that's his only but hung. Yeah. Board to death is another great New York show that that uh ended too soon. Yeah, it was. And in I feel like Enlightened launched around the same time. Damn, that was that was a good uh era for HBO. And then they had to ruin it with girls. (laughs) Nico, is that how you feel? I hate that fucking show. (laughs) Me too, dude. I don't care. A lot of people were saying in the comments that that girls is the reason why how to make it in America uh, didn't get a third season. Is that true? Look, I, like, I don't think that's true, but we'll never know. Like maybe I, I think the reason it didn't get a third season because HBO never fucked with the show. They didn't. They yeah. Didn't so, really so let's get into it. Why, it. why was there never a third season? Let's get into it. <laughs> there it is. The truth is we're, the plug. we're not, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ian probably knows more than, you know, cause he's, he's not in front of the camera, but um, I just think there was like, it, there were executives at HBO who just didn't understand how, what this, what the audience, how the what audience this was affecting and mm. how much it was affecting them. It just didn't come on their radar. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if it like it's because it wasn't a huge ratings show, right? And it's like this intangible. It was like the people show, but how do you how do you make that a tangible thing? You know, right. And I think the metrics that they can judge those things like Instagram and Twitter, there was no Instagram. Twitter was sort of early days. So unless you got like impeccable New York Times reviews or had great ratings, you know, I mean, I think that's what they'll tell. I mean, I feel like that they told me sort of some version of that. Um, Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember when you first found out? um, Yeah. What was it like? A phone call, a fucking yeah, email, a, a text message. It was a phone call. I think I'm trying to think. I remember. I remember when I got I got the phone call from Ian, and Ian was like, "Man, Vic, I wish I had good news, mm. and I can't believe I got to tell you this." And then he yeah. was like, "We're not going season three. I was like, "What?" I remember exactly where I was. Me I too. remember. I remember all that shit. Me too. I was skiing. Those phone calls really- you don't forget. Yeah. I was skiing in Mammoth and I was like putting my boots on. I was getting ready to go and Ian called me and I'm oh. like, because it's just for me, it came out of nowhere. Like right. I just, we tr- I truly thought the momentum was going like this. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And I always say that, you know, I'm just, it, as much as it hurt, I'm just grateful that we even got those two seasons. And the fact that it touched so many people and inspired so many fucking people is crazy. I mean, as an actor, you can't. You're, you're so lucky if you even get close to that. Right. So Th- that's I mean, a fact. It, in terms of how many people it inspired, not not even the sense that it was like an enjoyable to watch, but I had so many people hitting me up after I'd, we dropped the hidden video, being like, "Yo, I started my own my own brand because of that show." Like, I'm sure you get you guys yeah. get that all the time, but I, I can't even well, I can't think of any other film or TV show I mean, that has been able to do that. It's yeah. crazy. Like, we know big producers who like who are mega stars who like wanted to bring the show back, you know, and they call HBO and like for whatever reason HBO just is. I don't know if they're interested at the moment. I, mm. I don't know, and it doesn't sound like they are. You're talking yeah. about now or then? Yeah, I'm saying like after this thing blew up, you know. Oh, they're so they're still they're still not interested. <laughs> don't believe they, they still are. don't fuck with us. That's insanity. That's I, insanity. We broke I mean, the fucking they, they, internet mean, with that. I would love to do it again. I know the cast would. I know that, you know, I mean, it's okay if it doesn't happen because we've all, 
moved on and we're doing our yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. You know, we're, we're all game to do it for sure. Right. But uh, just for whatever reason, I, I, they still don't see it. I don't and think. is there a reason, like, would it need to I don't be... know that reason. I what, don't know that reason. Do, does HBO own the IP? Yes. They do. So I don't think you could, like, take it to Netflix or Hulu. Or they would never Netflix. want that to happen. That would be, yeah. they'd rather just sit on it and do nothing than have another streamer have yeah. success with their... Wow their brand why don't you want to say one thing about the brand shit like that is a crazy proposition for a tv show like to, you know what i mean like when i say team early like we were just early days to culture early days to a show about two dudes you know who want to start a denim brand having storylines revolving around japanese selvage is a fucking like you know what i mean it's crazy it was not <laughs> like tv shows are about relationships they're about family and yeah. i think obviously we got to that place but i think it was like you know, again, like I had to be just like young and naive to think like, yo, it's about a guy, some guy starting a business, I think pre-Shark Tank, right? But the culture changed. Now everybody's an entrepreneur. Everyone is an entrepreneur on Instagram. We live in a creator economy. If you kids make fucking support themselves making TikTok videos. So when I say team early, I just like we were early days to tell stories about like creators, you know, and then obviously rapid and all the television show shit, like relationships and, you know, family, et cetera. Right. What if we brought it back in an alternate universe where you guys were just bizarro <laughs> versions of yourself? Would we be able that to get was... away with the, uh, <laughs> with that? Just didn't say our character names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so many people have come up and said, how, how can I resurrect it? I'm like, I really don't know the answer. If you know somebody at HBO, let them know. Right. And they always ask me, like, I'm the one preventing it from happening. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. You, you guys would all be down. Everybody would be down. Ian? Hells yeah. <laughs> I would want to get it super right, but yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, I mean you, would hire, you would hire you me as like, a consultant, and, and I would make sure that it's... We already know. You've you been can, in L.A. You, for too long, so... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not lying. You're exactly right. You direct a couple episodes and go make it, make it fresh. I mean, that would, that would honestly be the dream. So if anyone from HBO is listening... <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's it's crazy. I feel like I feel like in you know today now more than ever, um, there's a there's a need for for another how to make it in America. Whether it follows you know your storyline or it just takes place in the same world, you know, now is a time, you know, to to have a show about making it in America post COVID. Yeah. Whether, yeah. whether you're, yeah, I do feel like it's strangely relevant. Uh, and similar to the same time because it was right when the recession happened before and now we're coming out of COVID. So it does feel like, you know, New York is all just trying to, everybody's trying to figure out their hustle. Everybody's trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives. And uh, it just feels eerily similar to the same time. Right. So I don't know. I think it would work in this day and age. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't, we have fun, didn't we guys? Yeah. Yeah. We did. For real. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's it's developed this cult following. It's crazy to see. I love it. I you love know, it it's cult. so it's so rare that, you know, I I post something, and it gets nothing but positive responses, and everyone just has amazing things to say about this show. Um, Wait till so. you post the girls trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck fuck how to make it in America, HBO. Let's bring back girls. Come on. <laughs> Lena Dunham needs some more. You and Lena Dunham at Namwa. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we should do we should do a how to make it in America girls crossover episode. Yeah. Hells no. There you go. <laughs> Hells no. That I mean, doing doing some sort of crossover thing would be fucking great. Like, do you do you think how to make it in America took place in the same world as girls or no? Different New Yorks for sure. Different New Yorks. Yeah. And we had the same cinematographer. His name is Tim Ives. He's super. Oh, that super is true. We did have Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also. I mean, he's just. He's like the greatest person. A New Yorker. Um, and Robbie uh, worked on it too. On the. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but do I think? I mean, I think. It, I mean, I think you know, like just in the same way that like you, no one knows New York like you, Nico. And it's like, you know, of course, there's those girls are in New York. Like mm -hmm. I think our show, like they didn't, they didn't hang out at the same spots or interact with the streets of new york in the same way right but they're out there do you guys uh what are what are some of your favorite new york movies or tv shows and, uh, um 
a lot of my stuff is like early, early New York. Like, well, I Raising like, Victor you know Vargas I mean? is one of my favorite New York movies. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing, man. Raising yeah. Victor is incredible. incredible yeah, I, I, like a lot of the stuff that I liked that I was inspired by when I was younger was like, you know, like the typical stuff like Mean Streets and mm. Serpico and all those like great, great films. Um, and then TV shows. The one that just pops out to me, but it doesn't obviously doesn't play, take place in New York. But The Wire, I know mm. we're all huge fans of. I think that's probably my favorite TV show like ever mm-hmm. is The Wire. But let me think. I got to think about New York. I think TV Sex in the City is a fucking awesome New York City show. I think that show kill crushes mm. and and I was like late to it, but my wife is you know put me on and mm-hmm. it's like you know I mean it's 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 its own thing. But Did like, she put you on after How to Make It? Oh or? yeah, I mean I watched like the last two seasons because it was like the mania of it, but mm-hmm. now like she'll watch it like you know like as like a pick me up during the pandemic, right? And like that's the, that's the power of it, right? It's transportive, and you go back to New York and you feel like you're you're out, um, right? Be Law and Order since that was my first acting job. <laughs> what was it? Law and Order. Oh, you can't shit. find a New York actor who hasn't been on Law and Order. That's, that's true. My first TV gig. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that, you know, like I grew up on so much in like straight out of Brooklyn. Um, I remember watching kids. kids. Oh, yeah, kids. Yeah, I forgot about kids. Yeah, kids. kids. I don't know. Sydney Lamette, Woody Allen, Scorsese, you know, all these guys, like 70s New York for right. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Midnight Cowboy. Oh, dude. It's like my favorite one. Midnight Cowboy. Do you guys like the Safety right. Brothers? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Safety Brothers are great. Yeah, uncut gems. Good, good time is one of my. Good time's amazing. One of my faves. Good time's yep. Yep. I think they're both. Yep. I think their whole. I feel like you and them are like. You're like. You're like the new New York, and I think New York is in such in such good hands. In that oh, way. I appreciate that. You're not yeah. coming back, Ian. You're not coming back to New York now. Maybe, maybe because now maybe like maybe the 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 maybe now is a good time. <laughs> now now the real New Yorkers come forward. <laughs> what about you, Vic? What do you do in LA? What? Dude, I love it out here, man. Because I'm close <laughs> to these fools. I'm in Brooklyn, man. For right now, you're in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, this is awesome, man. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. Um, this has been great. If you thank if you, you told me ten years ago that I'd be doing this, I wouldn't believe you. So thank you, thank you. Thank Yo, you. Nico, we got to do something again, man. Of course, we got to work on Eddie, something. Oh my God, yeah. well. I'm 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 trying to get into more narrative stuff. So, you guys, yeah, man. If you if you, there's any Dominican characters, you already know what time. Oh it my is. god, <laughs> yo, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, yo, and congrats on 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 uh, Baker and the Beauty. I mean, it's it's great that yeah, it's great that it's on Netflix, man. But we trying that's another show that I'm trying to like hopefully, you know, do like a whole campaign to bring it back. Right. Yeah, so you got cool. you got two shows that might be coming back. Damn, I know. Vic. Well, I don't know about Mike. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know how to make it stand right now, but right. Um, but Baker, I mean, it feels like, I don't know. It just like, just the optics of it right now, it feels like there might be a chance. Right. So I don't know. That's incredible. Good we'll shit. See. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for keeping the, the show alive and people's yeah, minds and people in this whole new generation, they, they're discovering it now and they're loving it. And that's a lot because of you, man. So I was, I was low key hoping that, uh, it would be trending on Twitter, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I didn't think about that before dropping the video. I feel like. Had I so, had I known and like really made a push to get it trending on Twitter, it would have. But so maybe it this... was. I don't know. Oh, was it? Maybe or on social media. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people shouted it out. But yeah, maybe with this, maybe with this podcast episode, New York's Got Talent episode go. episode one of season whatever it is. Um, nice. But yo, guys, seriously, thank you so much. Appreciate you all. Hey, Peace. Yo, Ian, Nico, right. BG. I'll see y'all later. Later. The Lower East Side, these streets have seen it all. Immigrants, hustlers, gangsters, pimps, punk rockers, rabbis, and of course, Louis Guzman. Louis Guzman. Louis Guzman.
You like this? No. You like this? No. Louis Guzman. Louis Guzman, 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 Guzman. Louis Guzman.